whoa you went no contact with your family like you don't talk to them at all nope because they're toxic as fuck are you also the villain for walking away from your toxic family in order to preserve your peace welcome to the character outs podcast where i am on a mission to normalize going no contact with toxic family welcome all you terrible people let's talk about it Welcome back to the Character Outs Podcast, or welcome to the Character Outs Podcast if this is your first time joining me on this podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, Today is a snowy day. You guys, it's finally snowing. Um, It's making me nervous though because the flakes are coming down and they look like they're getting bigger, which means it's getting warmer. Um, But my sweet little four-year-old, I kept him home from school today. So as soon as I'm done recording, we're going to go play in the snow and tube in the backyard. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Um, welcome back. So I did not release this episode on Saturday according to my plan like I usually do. Um, My friend's daughter was visiting for the long weekend and we rotted away. Yes, yes we did. We watched ridiculous foreign movies um, that left us completely perplexed and cracking up and we ate spicy Cheetos and sat on the couch and didn't get in the car for three days days when I took her back to the train station I was like girl we didn't get in the car we haven't been out of this house um so I took my own advice and and rotted away and just spent time with her and um it was it was beautiful and I'm happy I did but you know how it is like you know when we come from a toxic family and we're raised by a narcissistic mother or father um you know, the thoughts of, oh, well, you're such a, you're such a fucking loser. You know, you didn't put your podcast out on the right day and you didn't even do your carousel for Instagram. Like, well, you're a fucking loser. Um, yeah. So, you know, I still battle with those ugly, toxic phrases that sometimes rear their ugly heads. Um, so yeah, I say it all the time. I'm in this journey with you, this no contact journey where we're dealing with, um, rewiring our brains and rewiring our entire way of thinking and our entire lives. So without our family, (laughs) but yet we still have family because they're a part of us, as I mentioned in the last episode, but finally got my Christmas decorations down at the last, last, very last minute. Okay. So today's episode is entitled toxic independence. And I don't know if that's actually a phrase. I say it all the time. I'm not a therapist. I'm a survivor. So this podcast is about my journey, my experiences, what has worked for me, uh, what I've been through, hoping that something um resonates with you i was we were out to dinner with some friends over the weekend and and he had mentioned he had listened to an episode and i was like well gosh you know that one really wouldn't resonate with you and your situation he's like yeah but if i get one line from your podcast that helps and i was like oh that's such a beautiful perspective so if you get one single solitary thing that i say that helps you feel less alone helps you feel like you are not on this journey you're not a villain you're not crazy, you are not a terrible person for walking away from your toxic family, then job has been done. Um, But I was going to put this episode out before Christmas and I just felt like 
the topic was a little intense because it involves some self-reflection. It involves maybe some admitting of some toxic behaviors that we can do. Um, and it involves some uncomfortable growth. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> we'll do that after the new year. Um, so I've been sitting with this for a while. And again, toxic independence. And I don't, I don't even know if that's a word. It just kind of came to my head. Um, a few months ago, uh, and it came to my head, I need to preface this entire episode with this, because I struggle with it too. Because toxic independence is the mindset that we don't need anyone, leave me the fuck alone, I got it, I don't fucking need you, you're gonna let me down anyway, right? Have you felt that way before? Yes, me too. Um, and a lot of times it's not great. It's great when you're dealing with toxic people and narcissists. Yes, please have that toxic independence, but then it's not toxic. It's just plain badass independence, but the toxic independence is something else that we're going to talk about today. So, um, before you listen, no, I am not throwing stones. Um, I am not judging you. I am sharing from a place where I have been and I've taken risks and kind of minimized the toxic independence and I've seen blessings in my life and I want to, I want you guys to have that too because this no contact journey, we don't have anybody, any family anyway, um, holding our hands and, and not, I, I say it, it sounds so stupid and naive, but like I'm 47 years old and guess what? Like I still wish I had a mom or a dad or a sibling on this journey of life with me, right? So we, we feel that and we don't have it and it makes us hurt and anyways it's it's shitty so um let's get started so when i was in my 20s i don't know if uh i've shared this before but i was like die hard born again christian yeah and went to church every sunday went to bible study every wednesday like hardcore born again christian and I have evolved over the years. I, it's funny, you know, because the typical born again Christian, no shade throwing, I'm just saying, if you were to listen to me, listen to the beliefs um, that I hold on to, listen to how I raise my kids, hear me say fuck, you would not look at me and say, oh, she loves the Lord, right? You just, you wouldn't typically, okay? <laughs> um, but I do. I don't go to church. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't rely on God. I don't rely on the Holy Spirit. Um, when I am at a crossroads, when someone needs help, when I'm worried, when my kids need something, when we're something is going on with our health, my immediate is to get on my knees and start praying. And the cool thing is, which I will challenge any Christian going to church every Sunday, I still hear the Holy Spirit. I still the still feel the presence of the Lord in my life, even though I'm not going to church on Sunday. And going to church on Sunday works for some people. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I just, as you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, I was burned by the church, so I never really want to step foot in a church again. My mind may change. I mean, listen, I'm open to changing and growing, um, but as of right now, I don't want anything to do with the church or the church people because I've been so, so burned, so hurt. 
but that doesn't change my relationship with God. And that's a whole nother episode that I really want to do because when I started down this no contact journey, I was like, how do I reconcile the fact that I love the Lord, but I also am really going against the number one thing in the Bible, which is honor thy father and mother, right? That's another episode for another day. But today, the reason I started talking about my religion is because when I was in my 20s, listen to Uh, contemporary Christian music all the time. And there was this one song called Seize the Day by Susan Ashton. And I, for some reason, it came up on my, um, on my Pandora, on my music. And I was like, whew, and it really took me back. You know how songs can do that? So the song starts off with, um, it goes like this, seize the day, seize whatever you can because life slips away just like hourglass and seize the day pray for grace from god's hand that nothing will stand in your way to seize the day and that song always stuck with me and no matter what we're going through no matter what we're facing we need to seize the day seize every part of it. Seize whatever you can because life slips away like hourglass sand. And, you know, if you're not a Christian or, you know, whatever God that you resonate with, whatever God or spiritual being is that you embrace, um, you can fit that in where I said God, you know, Um, whatever. Basically, basically, if you pray, if you meditate, whatever you lean on for your spiritual strength, to lean into that for encouragement and empowerment in order to seize the day because it's it's not easy. So the reason I bring this song up is because as we're on this no contact journey, you know, we have a choice. Actually, we have two choices. We can either stay in our bitterness or we can be empowered and, and move ahead on our path, knowing our choice, knowing why we walked away and keep walking, right? And I feel like there has to be phases. You know, you're going to have the phase and feelings of anger and and you will go through some some periods of bitterness and you will go through periods of confusion and sadness and anger. And sometimes all of those waves of emotion will hit you at the same time. Sometimes they hit you like a ping pong, you know, out of the blue. Um, but here's our responsibility is to seize the day. So going back to the topic of this episode, toxic independence. So let's just rewind and go back to where it started. When we were stuck in the cycle of narcissistic abuse by our parent, mother, father, sibling, or even if we just had a toxic, traumatic childhood, we were stuck in that. That's what we knew growing up. So for me, when I was a child, it was my mother. But I also had a father who was never around, who would say he was going to pick me up and I'd wait at the front door and he wouldn't show up. Or he would make promises and he would never follow through. So the emotions of of living with that, living in the cycle of narcissistic abuse from a parent, living with a toxic parent who continues to let you down, it forces you to be alone. It forces you to be independent. It forces you into the independent role with with kind of a negative, bitter connotation. You know, contrast that to, let's say, someone who starts their own business and they're confident and they're independent, but their independence is fueled by confidence. Their independence is fueled by badass mantras and feeling of grandiosity, right? But with our independence, our independence was fueled by hurt, fear, and it was extremely toxic. So 
that's why we're talking. That's why I, I, maybe it has existed before, but that's why I coined the phrase toxic independence. So the emotions of that go from shock to numb to rejection to anger to fuck all of you. I don't need anyone. Right. I remember my mother screaming when, when I was sitting at the front door waiting for my father to show up. See, I, I, like, I can always picture what I'm wearing and I can see the street and feel the weather. And my mindset as a child, I just remember sitting there really not excited to go to my dad's house, you know, kind of feeling in a glum, melancholy, like, way, right? So I remember sitting there and this is, you know, this story was told to me over and over and over again. Bottom line is he never showed up. And as I'm sitting there, no, no, I apologize. I, I, so I went to my room because my mom came in and I always knew when she was like lying and actually she was like upset and she was emotional and she goes, Dad, daddy's not coming, honey, daddy's not coming. And so I was like, all right, like, I don't remember being horribly sad that my dad wasn't going to show up and I wasn't going to spend time with him. When, when he did spend time with me, which the times were very, very rare, we had fun, but I didn't go to my room and like throw myself on my bed and like start sobbing and whatever. I just remember sitting in my room like, okay, well, like, fine. I'm not going to dad's house today. Like, I wonder what my best friends down the street are doing. Like, that's as a child where I went. And I overheard my mother on the phone with my father screaming at him, you fucking piece of shit. Get your fucking ass over here. Your daughter's waiting for you. What the fuck is your problem? And she was more upset than I was. I legitimately remember thinking like, it's not about that big of a deal. But then there was another part of me that was like, wow, like my mom is fighting for me. And yeah, like my dad is such a piece of shit. Like he didn't pick me up. I remember thinking that. And again, I was probably like, I had to be like maybe six or seven years old. I was tiny. It also makes me wonder because, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty in character outs. Um, why my mom was so upset that day that my father wasn't coming. And I'm like, did she have a date that day? <laughs> like, did she have plans that didn't include like a six-year-old? And she was kind of pissed that um, I was now cramping her plan style. You know what I mean? Like, I hate to say that because I don't know what she was thinking. I don't know the story. I just know that story was told at nauseum to me through my entire life. That story was linked to the narrative that was spoken to me, telling me that I have daddy issues and I need to be very careful with the people that I choose and, and the partners that I choose because, you know, I have daddy issues and my self-esteem is so affected. And she would tell me this and I would be thinking, no, I don't. I don't. I really was kind of ambivalent. Like, I'm like... I'm like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, you care more than I do. Like, I don't really care. And she kept that narrative of he's a piece of shit, he's a piece of shit, he's a piece of shit going. And like I said, I, I remember not really caring. And I'm just going to insert this right here. If you are raising a child with a narcissist, if you're raising a child with someone who is toxic, with someone who you see is continually hurting your child, I implore you to keep it under your hat. Don't allow your kids to hear you badmouth them, hear you yell and scream at them, call them names, because bottom line is they may not care that much. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that don't force the narrative that your ex is such a fucking piece of shit. Listen, if your ex is a piece of shit, they're going to fucking figure it out. And here's the thing. 
the balance is when your child comes to you and says, I'm really hurt by what mom or dad did. You can beautifully validate them without defaming their character because at the end of the day, they are a part of that toxic person. And if I just remember hearing the bashing and the bashing and thinking, and it affected my self-esteem because I'm thinking, well, if my dad is such a piece of shit, I must be a piece of shit because I'm part of my dad, okay? So going back to the toxic independence, I not only had a father who was never around, felt rejected, but I was a little ambivalent about it. Most of, and really all of my emotional trauma abuse came from my narcissistic mother. The round and round cycle, depending on her, and this was, honestly, my father not being around was the perfect narrative. And she used to even joke about it. She used to be like, she used to say like, oh, well, it's just so perfect. Like, I can just do what I want, you know, with you and I can raise you how I want because I don't have any, I don't have his influence. And that did play exactly into her narrative. She wanted me all to herself. She wanted the narrative. She wanted, she didn't want any other, anyone else influencing me, positive or negative, which I get the negative, but she didn't want anyone else involved in my life, anyone else giving feedback, advice. She wanted to have entire control over my path, over what I thought, over how I dressed. And so having an absentee father, whether she pushed him away, whether he was an actual ass, he is an actual ass because you know the story. Um, so it's like, it was like the perfect storm for my mother, right? But my toxic independence really came from those moments in the discard when I would be discarded by my mother and I would be in my room. It started with fear. Oh my God, my mom's not talking to me. Oh my God, my mom's mad. And it was so clouding and messy and confusing. I, I I didn't even know what I did. I didn't really care what I did. I was just scared. I felt alone. And all I wanted to do was get my mom's love back. That's the only thing I wanted to do. So then I went into this, how do I get my, how do I get my mom's love back? Right. But in that, that those moments in those days where my mom would go without talking to me, I relied on myself. I had to re I, I didn't talk to anybody about it. I didn't have a sibling that I was talking about. And don't forget the narcissistic mother's narrative is don't you dare talk about the family outside the fucking family. So there was no way I was getting on the phone with my friend going, my mom's not talking to me and I'm really sad. What do I do? Fuck no. Like I learned that at a very, 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 very early age. So what did I do? I had to keep it inside. So I kept it inside and I became this independent person. I remember my mom would always compliment me. Like she would say to me, Oh, you know, you always just, you don't need help with anything. I offer to help you and you say, no, I got it. And I just wonder, and she goes, you've been like that since you were a baby. And I'm like, yeah, no fucking shit. Like when I look back on that, it was like, yeah, I did it by myself because there's the trauma associated with being discarded by your narcissistic mother and finding independence in that. And then there's the fact that every time she would do something for me, during the discard or during the phase where she was bringing me down, she would throw everything that she had done back into my face. I remember one specific time I was an adult. We were living, my ex-husband and I and the kids were living with her. We were trying to save money for a house. And I remember she said to me, I was driving this old Acura and my daughter was a baby. And she was like, well, take, take my car because it's safer. And it was like a Honda whatever. She's like, please, I don't mind. You know, I don't need it. And I want the kids to be safe. Right. So she literally, I was like, mom, it's fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need your car, but Hey, someone's offering you a nicer car to put your child in and it's your mom. And you think you can trust them. Sure. Okay. So I started driving her car. What do you think fucking happened? The first fight that we got into 
She threw that in my face. I want the keys to my car. You're driving a vehicle that you can't even fucking afford. Throws it in my face. So what did that do? Fuck you. I don't want anything from you. And as a child, it's hard to grapple. We kind of just get into this independence, not realizing. But then as an adult, as it's unfolding and you're like, oh, okay, now I'm seeing it. Now I know not to trust you, not to rely on you, not to take anything from you, not to ask for help. It's going to be thrown into my face. So this is totally normal and appropriate when it comes to toxic people. But sometimes, and I found myself doing that, we can take that and blanket it on other people. There was a season of time where I hated everyone, literally hated everyone, especially when I first moved to New York. We had something happen in our family and I hated everyone. First of all, I hated everyone (laughs) when I got divorced because they all, my fucking friends either got poisoned by my mother or... I wasn't in the church and they hated me because I was getting divorced, whatever. I I was alone and I was basically, you know, excommunicated from the church and from any friend group that I had because I got divorced. So it, it, it fostered this, people suck, people suck. And why did it foster that? Because the very first person in my life sucked. She sucked. She wasn't a good friend. Um, she was really the first mean girl in my life. She tore me down. She controlled me. I was in this cycle of narcissistic abuse, you know, the love bombing. I mean, it was fucked up. And then as we got older, the narrative was don't trust anyone else. Don't trust anyone else. Don't trust anyone else. You can only trust me. We're best friends. You can only trust me. But then the confusing part is she would also fuck with your mind and make you not trust yourself. And that was that was the hold, the insidious hold that my mother had on me. I felt like I couldn't survive without her. I felt like I couldn't make a decision without her. She had convinced me that I couldn't trust my gut. So when we finally break free of our toxic families and we see toxicity, it feels so disgusting. We want to run from it. Yes. And I still say, I call out bullshit and I've lost friends. I don't care about that. (laughs) I was just telling a story the other day of how I called a friend out on bullshit and I knew she was lying. And I'm like, let's call a spade a spade. Like you weren't fucking sick. You, you just avoided me. Like, and she, she was one who had got, my mother had gotten a hold of her, but we were friends for years and years and years. My mother got a hold of her. And of course, she was like, you're crazy. And then she blocked me everywhere. And I'm like, wait, I'm I'm crazy because I called you out on your shit? I'm sorry, what? Right? So unfortunately, we are treated in such a manner by our toxic families, by our narcissistic mother or fathers, right? Then when our eyes open, all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, like... And it doesn't even necessarily have to have a label. Like, I don't, I don't think my dad is narcissistic. I just think he's an asshole. But if someone is treating you like shit and they're toxic and you you just, you just, you start to notice it more. I think it's because you start to value yourself, your worth, your eyes are open to, to shit that you'd never seen before and you don't tolerate any of it. So all of a sudden your circle gets small. That's what happened to me. My circle was very, very small. It was like my kids and my husband and maybe one friend, two friends from childhood. And that was it. And you know what? I didn't fucking care. 
I didn't fucking care. And that's the slippery slope I'm talking about. That toxic independence where I don't fucking care if I don't have anyone in my life. I hate everyone. Everyone sucks. So the other agenda that was pushed into my head nonstop was all men suck, right? Because my mother had been married to an asshole, which she was. I get it, right? But all men suck. She would tell me things like, don't trust a man. You know, you don't need a man. You, you, um, it's icing on the cake. And yeah, do I need a man? No. Do I need friends? Probably not. You know, but as, as humans, we, we do need people. It feels good to have friends. It feels good to be surrounded and laugh. And I feel like our narcissistic mothers perpetuated the idea of the toxic independence. So we would be alone and only rely on them. But when we go no contact and we're on this no contact journey, we still have that toxic independence in the back of our head that we don't need anybody. And do we really need, like I said, no. Like I did just fine with my two friends that I saw once a year and my husband. But let's just talk about that. Even when I was dating, and I dated a narcissist before I met my husband, and I had a, a failed marriage, you know, again, not a bad man, but just wasn't a good fit, didn't meet my needs emotionally, my first husband. I could have stepped out of that and I, let me finish this thought because now I'm going to digress. So I could have stepped out of the marriage with my husband ex-husband, God, um, I could have stepped out of the relationship with my narcissistic ex-boyfriend and I could have said, I fucking hate everyone. I never want to be in a relationship again. And you know what? If that's where you are, I'm not judging you. If you want to be single the rest of your life, I applaud you and you do exactly what you need to do. It's not what this is about. My point is, as long as you're making that choice from a place of healing and not the toxic independence. Do you know what I mean? Because it's so easy to blanket and say, well, everyone sucks and every man is shitty and everyone's going to let me down. And what would have happened had I, when I met my husband, if I had looked at him and said, well, you're just, you're going to let me down. You're going to, you're going to fuck me over or you're going to cheat like my dad did, or you're going to be a narcissist like my ex was, or you're not going to meet my needs emotionally like my ex-husband didn't, you know? I just feel like it's so important for us to view and assess people for who they are with a clean slate. And guess what, you guys? If they fuck up, you're going to fucking see it because you are so, you know, toxic behavior, you know, narcissistic behavior, you are healing, you are away from your toxic family, which means you are trusting your own voice, you are trusting your own gut, you don't have to be confused. And so I just, I encourage you with every friend, with every potential partner that you meet, give them a fair chance. Don't show up to the relationship and be like, well, you know, in the back of your head, yeah, well, you're going to fuck up anyway. And you have this whole backpack of like shit, right? Because here's the thing. I'd rather have something go down in flames and know that I completely trusted that person and I got burned. 
because I know I can trust myself. I know that I can survive anything and you can survive anything. Why? Because we survived a fucking toxic family and we are no contact with them. We survived a fucking narcissistic mother or an asshole father or a narcissistic sibling, whatever it is. We survived that, you guys. So the whole goal, again, that's not where our story ends. So seize the day, the, the song I opened with, we have to seize the day, we have to seize every opportunity. And if we're looking at people, potential partners, and already saying, you're gonna let me down, you're gonna fuck up. It's making our own life difficult and it's leading to that toxic independence. And it's like, it's like you know, um, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well if, well, if we think they're gonna fuck up, they probably are. And if they do, guess what? Then then we leave. If they exhibit toxic behaviors, narcissistic behaviors, then, then we're fucking out of there, right? But I just feel like in this journey, raise your hand if you want to be nothing like your narcissistic mother or nothing like your toxic family member. Me, I'm raising like every hand. If I were an octopus, I'd have every hand in the fucking air, right? We don't want to be anything like them. Well, think about some of the traits of the narcissist. They're alone. My mother... She's alone. She has cut off friends. She has cut off potential partners. That's it. She's alone. She wanted to be all alone with me, but that's creepy and disgusting and disturbing and abusive and manipulative and no, <laughs> right? Uh, no. Um, but think about it like that. We don't want to be like that. We have to soften our hearts and heal. And we have to embrace the fact that Maybe not everyone is going to let us down. I know our families let us down. The people that were supposed to love us first, love us the most, they let us down and they were shitty and they sucked ass. But maybe, just maybe, there are people in the world who are not going to be perfect, who will hurt us, but who will not hurt us to the level of our toxic families. And we have to open ourselves up to that because we don't want to be in this place of toxic independence because we, I don't know about you, but... It does feel good to accept help, receive help, receive a gift, receive a compliment, be loved. All of a sudden, and, and especially I think for us who grew up in a toxic family, we're not used to that. We're not used to feeling that, that warmth of unconditional love come in. And so it's, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel weird and we're going to want to run and, and burn it down and cause chaos and get the fuck away from it. But we, we can't. We can't. And I think part of that has to do with our own growth. We have to really recognize when we do it. We need to recognize our methods of operation that lead us to toxic independence, like stonewalling the people that we love when we get upset or taking criticism. I know this was a huge one for me and it's a huge one for my mother too. I remember we were at, I had just gotten engaged and we went to a 4th of July party at my brother's house and my mother wasn't talking to me because I was engaged. It's fucked up. Um, and we were like, I still was like, I'm going to be in the same room with you, right? Like I didn't just go to no contact. I had you know, low, con low, low contact, my boundaries. Um, there was a whole process. So one, one incident in particular, we were at this 4th of July party. It was so awkward, but thankfully I had a good, I was in a good place with my dad and my stepmom and my husband was there and my kids were there. So I was just ignoring my mom. She was sulking on the couch, like pissed off. Well, she had a guy there with her who was actually was a really, really great, great guy. But <laughs> Um, she, she ignored me the whole time. She was very passive aggressive. She drank and it was disgusting and whatever. I ignored it. Um, but I found out later after one of the times of reconciling that 
apparently the guy said to her, who knew me too, um, he was like, you know, you're being a, a bitch right now. Like you need to go talk to your, to your daughter. Like what you're doing isn't right. She didn't do anything wrong. And she broke up with him. <laughs> I feel bad sharing my mom's stories on this podcast. I like to share my stories and what my mom has done to me. Um, but I share that story now because that is the epitome of toxic independence. Had my mom just taken a step back and said, huh, and opened herself up to, ooh, huh, think about the course, think about how different her, the course of her life would be. If she would have taken advice, if she would have said, maybe I am being toxic, like think about that. And listen, I struggled with that too. Like I didn't want to fucking hear advice from anybody. Don't criticize me. I've been criticized my whole fucking life. I'm just now feeling confident and I don't want to hear what I fucking did wrong. Don't tell me I did anything wrong because I don't do anything wrong, right? Uh, I know, I felt that way. But there comes a time where maybe you did do something wrong. I know I do something wrong. I know I do. And thankfully I have a, a husband and friends who are like, that really hurt me. And then I can say, well, shit, but what would our narcissistic mothers have done if anyone had said to them, that really hurt me? They would have cut them off. You're cut off. You're, you're gone. How dare you? How dare you say that to me? How dare you insult me? So the difference again between independence, let your independence be fueled by confidence be a badass bitch be a, or a badass motherfucker. You be a badass, but have it be fueled by your self-esteem, your worth, your value, positive vibes, positive energy. Don't let the independence be fueled by everyone's bad, everyone sucks, everyone's going to fail me. You see the difference? And when I moved to New York and we started making friends and uh, one of my friends, I, I, I had you know, told him my story. And he was like, fuck's sake, like, that's horrible. And I was like, yeah, I guess it, I guess it is. <laughs> and he's like, you know, not everyone's bad, Terry. Not everyone is bad. And, and he, we've been friends for, he and his wife, we've all been friends for about a year and a half now. And I've pushed both of them away several times. Cause I'm like, nope. And sometimes you'll get a faithful friend that's like, no, but I, I still love you and please don't stonewall me because that hurts and I don't like when you do that and I'm not an asshole and I'm a good friend. And so when you actually work through things, which is again, something our, our toxic family, our narcissistic mothers never taught us. Like I, I don't blame myself for not having those skills and you shouldn't blame yourself either. We were not taught. We were taught how to survive and how to keep our mother happy, how to keep peace within our toxic home. That's the only thing that we were taught. And it's interesting too. My husband and I were just having a conversation the other day and um, something about fighting in families came up. And he's like, oh, you know, did, did, you, guys, did you guys have fights in your family? I'm like, <laughs> did we fight? <laughs> I was like, and he's like, well, I know like you yelled and screamed. And I was like, oh no, but like my brother would punch holes in the walls and you know, my mother would throw shit and yeah, like kick in doors and doors would slam open and we would break every hinge on the, on the wall and there would be door handle holes in every single wall. And one time my mom drove the car through the garage. Um, one time she drove it up the hill in a snowstorm and banged against the fence. I was like, yeah, yeah, fights were pretty bad in my house. And he was, he was just looking at me with this look of like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, 
oh, you didn't have that at your house? <laughs> He's like, no. He's like, listen, my mom and dad fought, but no. I was like, oh, like I just thought everyone at one point had a hole in their wall because someone was angry or yelled, get the fuck out. Like, no, <laughs> no, that didn't happen in every house. <laughs> so. so I think the real takeaway is to avoid this toxic independence, we need to foster a positive independence because again, I think it's great to be independent, to have seasons of independence. Um, even when you have friends, when you have, when you're married, um, you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, it's important to have independence. You can't be completely dependent upon them. You have to have your own hobbies. You have to have your own likes and dislikes apart from your partner. You can't be suffocating. And even your friends, you, you have to be okay with them having other friends. And, you know, so there's independence, but I, I want it to be fueled by you knowing your worth. And I think that's where the root has to come from, knowing that you are worthy of love. Because when you know you're worthy of love, even if you meet an asshole, or even if you go on a date with an asshole, or you meet someone who turns out to be a Karen, or you meet someone who turns out to be a bitch, um, you'll recognize that and they'll be out of your life. And here's the thing, we do alone and we do independent really, really well. What we don't do well is community. And I feel like for me, as I've slowly dipped my toe into the community waters, it feels really good. It feels good to be vulnerable. I know that I, I have a friend that I've, I've just been becoming close with and there's that, that almost instinct to be so fearful and want to just pull away because you're thinking, well, they're, uh, 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 it, this, this can't be a, tr a true friendship, like, because you, uh, they're going to pull away. And, and so I'm going to pull away first, right? Cause that's our protective mechanisms, but to rest and know your worth, like, no, no, I'm worthy of being, of having good friends. I'm worthy of being loved. I'm worthy of anything good that comes my way. And we also think that being alone is normal that depending all on ourselves is normal. But I'm just gonna say it, like it's not, what we went through is not normal. Being alone is normal. Being alone is normal, I'll just say that. But again, standing in the mindset of positive independence instead of the toxic independence, like I'm alone because everyone is shitty. So I guess the takeaway is just keep your heart open to love and friendship. Keep your heart open to, if you meet someone new, like I used to just like put on my bitch face and put my nose in the air. Be open to saying hi. Be open to a new invitation, a party. And it's a slow, very scary kind of journey and, and step because we don't want to be rejected again. We don't want to be hurt again. We assume that they're an asshole and maybe they are, maybe they are. And then we can run away, right? But let's give them the chance because again we don't want to be anything like our toxic family and what is our toxic family they're bitter they're alone and they're the kings and queens of toxic independence standing in their disgusting nobility looking their nose down at us trying to get the flying monkeys to agree with them and their narrative ew we don't want to be anything like them. So the end of the song of Seize the Day 
uh, says it ends like well it doesn't end like it but I'll, I'll put the the song in the show notes but it says you can do what you want with the days you've been given I'll choose to spend mine on the business of living so I'm with you you guys I'm with you I want to spend this life on the business of living living positive, living without any toxicity, living without any narcissism. That includes friends, everyone. Um, but we need to spend our, our days on the business of living. And sometimes for a season, there won't be anyone, but open yourself up to maybe there is someone, maybe there is a friend that's not going to be a total bitch to you. So um, I'm just going to say it again. I hope you don't think that I'm judging you, throwing shade in any way, um, because I am doing it. I'm currently still working my way through letting go of my toxic independence, you guys. I am currently in the midst of it, um, but I have seen some release and some change, and it feels good, and so I just wanted to share that with you um, and let you know that you're not alone and we're in this together this no contact fun journey right <laughs> uh join us over on instagram character outs podcast email me if you'd like to be on the show um if you just want to vent character outs podcast at gmail.com and thank you for all of your support and your emails and your dms and your reviews um thank you because, you know, just knowing that one of you is resonating, just knowing that one of you is, is feeling less alone is so beautiful to me and it keeps me going. I woke up 3.30 this morning and for some reason I just couldn't fall asleep and I'm like, why, why is my mind racing, you know? And I, I sat there in the middle of the night, I almost got up to record, but I sat there in the middle of the night thinking about all of you and thinking about all of the precious messages that you guys have sent and just saying thank you and you've made me feel less alone and you've helped me and I take each one to heart and it, it encourages me to keep going so thank you and know that I'm receiving all of those beautiful compliments and I'm thinking of you when I make these episodes so thank you for being here and cheers till next time friends <laughs>